LWDG Pod Dog, the podcast that helps women train their gun dogs and become part of a supportive community. I'm Joanne Perrett, founder of the Ladies Working Dog Group, and I'm thrilled to be your host. Our online membership offers expert training, monthly courses, and live coaching sessions that empower women to become confident and skilled gun dog handlers. Join us as we share insights, advice, and stories to help you and your four-legged friend achieve your goals. So grab your headphones, sit back, and let's get started. Hello listeners and welcome to another episode of LWDG Podog. Today is a big day because we're celebrating the launch this week of a book called For the Love of Dog, The Ultimate Relationship Guide. We're honoured to have the author, Pilly Bianchi, with us to talk about her journey with Chaser, called the smartest dog in the world. We're super excited to learn more, especially for all the women out there training again dogs. Welcome Pilly and congratulations on your book. Oh, gosh. Thank you so much. I'm ex- so excited to be here. You're my first uh, interview on the release day. So thank you for having me. Oh, well, thank you for letting us be that uh, first person to talk to you all about the book. I read through the book um, before we had this interview, and I've mm-hmm. sort of fallen in love with it. I've fallen in love mm-hmm. with the illustrations. Uh, for any of the listeners who are listening in, you know, just go along to Amazon, have a little look for the book, and you'll see some of the illustrations, some of the, the concepts, some of the, the feedback about it already, which has been absolutely fabulous. Let me talk to you, Pilly, a little bit about, like, you know, the book. Um, you were obviously very deeply involved with your father's research with Chaser. You ghostwrited a book for him uh, many years ago. And your book now, For the Love of Dog, sounds deeply intertwined with your personal journey. Mm. So facing the sort of profound loss of your father, then Chaser, and then your mother, how did these experiences sort of shape the narrative of the book we see today? Oh, wow. That's that's a really great question. And um, not a lot of people ask that question. So thank you. Um, I had been collaborating with my father since his research went globally viral in 2011. And when he passed away in 2018, I had been so involved with him and we had been writing the second book, his follow-up book that follow-up book that was more tutorial. And um, it, there had some more stories that had the richness of our background growing up with my dad and once he passed away I had all of this incredible information and what was I going to do with it I was a little bit lost without my mom dad and chaser I lost them all within about a year of each other and but I what I would like people to know is that we had a very long beautiful life together and um, it, it was, uh, I rejoice and celebrate in the time that we had. So, um, but I found myself a little bit lost, um, after they were gone and I, uh, didn't know how to make the book in my voice because I was always the ghostwriter. It was my dad's voice he, and he's a scientist. He's an academic. My 
day job has been as a songwriter and music producer. And I like quirky, funny things. And I had no idea how I was going to insert my personality into this book. So it wasn't until I started having cocktail hours with Kat Warren and Maria Gudavage. They're two dog writers here in the United States that have best-selling books. And uh, the good thing about being Chaser's co-trainer, I've had access to all these heavy hitters in the science world and in the dog world. And they've been very embracing of me and representing my father and Chaser. So I reached out to Kat and Maria and we were having cocktail hours and just spitballing ideas at each other. You know, they both had new books coming out. And so once I also figured out that I could have my own voice and they really liked sort of the, the humor that I was bringing to the book, then that went, allowed me to take it one step further. I was obsessed with that book, Charlie McCasey's book, The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse. It's an illustrated book of children's. And I was like, this is so brilliant. I want my book to be illustrated. So that's when I reached out to my friend, Callum Heath, and who's an illustrator in the UK. And I said, do you want to work on this project with me? And he said, yes. And that's what started this book. And the illustrations are absolutely beautiful. And they tell quite a lot of the story as you're going through it. And they are so good. You've actually learned from the illustrations themselves. Well, it's like a picture is worth a thousand words, you know, and also Callum is so brilliant in sort of taking what I've written and putting a twist on it, especially a contemporary twist. And we found that sweet spot in working together that was just nothing short of magical in my mind, you know, but I'm, I'm happy that you kind of had the same reaction. It's, it, we also wanted to write a book that people didn't have to read from start to end. And, you know, it's the kind of book you can just open and go, oh, that's, oh yeah, that's some good piece of information. And then you can close it up and revisit it whenever you feel like it. I'm an avid reader, but seeing the illustrations, I'm just like, oh, I love that. That, that That's not going from my mind ever again. I, I, I'm going to memorize that very quickly. For those listening who don't know about Chaser, because some of our ladies in the UK might be like, who is Chaser? What did they right. do? Could you just tell them a little bit more about Chaser? For, oh, for sure. So Chaser uh, was my dad's dog. Uh, my parents' dog, she was, they were her pet parents and um, she was a part of the family and he got Chaser when he was in his late seventies. He had worked with dogs in the classroom at his, he was a professor of uh, psychology and he determined that it would be much more fun to use dogs in the classroom than rats and pigeons. So he would bring our family dogs into the classrooms. So in his retirement, he was puttering around. My mom got tired of him sitting around, not doing anything. So she's like, I'm going to, you're going to get a new dog, John Philly, because his former dog, Yasha, after Yasha's death, it, and this is in the story too, his heart was kind of broken, which we all experience with our, the loss of our pets. So it took him 10 years before he got another dog. And that dog was Chaser. She was a purebred border collie from a farm in Pauline, South Carolina. And my father, not only was she 
a family member, but his goal was to teach her human language. And in order to teach anyone a language, you need a vocabulary. And he determined that her, her vocabulary would be her toys. So he started teaching her the names of objects. And long story short, in her fifth month, month she learned that uh, how to pair the name of an object with an object and started learning words on one file alone. So she learned over 1,022 objects and she retained them in her long-term memory. My father's a scientist, so he recorded this data, but also what he did with her is that he combined verbs with the nouns so that, and with adverbs and adjectives, words like faster, slower, bigger, smaller, another, again, abstract concepts. But this research that he published with her garnered him international headlines and affirming that dogs are smarter than we think. So that is who he is. And that's like literally fascinating. Our ladies or our community, they they work with uh, working dogs and spend a lot of time teaching them, you know, maybe 20 words, you know, 20 cues, 20 commands, um, maybe less, maybe more. But knowing the uh, over a thousand different things. And it just shows us how much a dog can learn. That, that was it. That was it. He wanted to demonstrate and discover the boundaries of the canine mind and memory system. And he found that it was limitless. Chaser kept learning more words because what he developed was a method. And we talk about this in the book is using errorless learning, the power of play, and that she was able to put learning on top of learning on top of learning. And she could learn, very, once she hit five months old, she was off and running. So your dog doesn't have to be a wonderkin. You don't have to teach them so many words. You just start it, it, it with one word and you build it up. And, and, and the beauty of this method is it doesn't take five hours a day like my dad gave to Chaser. It only takes like short spurts, five minute sessions, a couple of times a day. And then your dog is really going to grasp the concept that words have meaning. Now, I know that you sort of talk about the fact that 2020, you know, going through COVID, it was really difficult for mm. many people. How do you think the dogs helped us cope with, with that whole pandemic? Wow, they were critical. You know, dogs were some of our only touch with another living being, you know, they were there with us. You know, some people didn't have anybody else but their dog, you know, it could have been a cat, could have been another animal, but dogs are remarkable because we not only have an emotional bond with them, we have a scientific bond, you know, sharing an evolutionary process. So our two species, are meant to live together, meant to be together. And so during COVID, dogs were critical to our mental health, our emotional well-being. Your book is packed with insights. Um, what sort of top tips have you learned from Chaser that people could apply to, to their dogs? Oh, gosh. I, I have to say, I learned way more from 
chaser than she ever, than I ever taught her. And what we discovered with chaser um, was first of all, she was a, a very confident dog because she was played with a lot. She was given a lot of attention. So um, this created a very willful, confident dog. She was not an obedient dog. So that's what a lot of dog lovers and owners don't realize. Obedience is not the goal of your relationship. Obedience is for safety. You know, dominance, in, in our opinion, is no one likes to be bossed around. Neither do dogs. It's a, it's a, a symbiotic relationship. And so what we had with Chaser was give and take. You know, if, if we wanted her to do something, then we needed to do something for her, which meant play, you know, or taking her out, listening to her needs. So it was really critical for her happiness that we paid attention to what she was telling us. So that's what I hope people really understand. It, it's a relationship. And um, all dogs are different. They're all different. And what freaks one dog out makes another dog gregarious. And so that's one thing, too, that I want to demonstrate in the book. And what Chaser taught me, she wasn't like our other dogs. She was a soft dog. She didn't like yelling, you know, but she was still assertive. So, yeah, she taught me a lot just by engaging with her. On writing this book, obviously this sort of uh, solidifies further Chase's legacy and sort of plays a part in, in your father's legacy, even though he owned that in his own right. Why, why was this book important to you now? You know, I, I, I feel like their, their, their journey was not over. And um, I learned from the man behind the dog for my entire life. And so the methods that he used with me and my sister and all of his students are really one and the same that he used with Chaser, that learning should be fun. Uh, it, learning happens in different ways. If it's only through, it's only through our failures that <laughs> we can really learn and how to be a lifelong learner, to be curious. And these sort of concepts were what allowed my father to be so successful with Chaser. And I experienced the magic of him. And I wanted to demonstrate and give back a little bit more of what my father had given to me that the world didn't know yet. And a lot of people believe that Chaser was the one that was unique and she was the smart one. That's not true. It's it was the human behind the dog, and you can do the same thing. The lessons he taught me are what I'm sharing with everybody, and they're universal. And they're such beautiful and such poignant lessons, aren't they? Because as I was reading through it, my father was not a psychologist. He, um, he grew up, he had his own business, we had a small holding, he taught me how to work dogs. He was, he was very traditional in his thinking, very mm. calm, you know, farm-oriented guy and I, I look at it and I think some of the lessons are, are very similar maybe worded differently but there's a similar sort of of concepts around you are working with something that you need to respect and and give time for them to learn oh I I love that because what was also critical is my father being a scientist he had not 
been successful in a scientific career and teaching the dog's language, nouns independent from verbs. So it was through his work and going to border collie trials and witnessing the bond between the farmers and the dogs that he understood that his methods were flawed, that he needed to go back, science needed to go back and pay attention to this rich relationship and the salt of the earth uh, gems that our ancestors give us. If we don't pay attention to that, we're really missing out. And I think what you've described with your dad is, is exactly what I had been hoping to demonstrate in this book. And I do think you have. And I think it's nice to read a book where it talks more about, about seeing the overall, seeing the, the umbrella overarching, because we read so many books around how you should do this, how to do that. They're very skill-driven and maybe not thinking about why we do it that way or, or what the purpose of doing it that way is. Do you think as we go forward, you know, there's so many screens, so many distractions, so many uh, ways to do it on the internet. In all this chaos, do you think that getting back to just sort of you and the dog and nature is, is the way forward? It is. I think, thank you for encapsulating that the way you just did. Because uh, here we are, we've shared this evolutionary process for 40,000 years. Dogs had it better, really, 2,000 years ago in ancient cultures than they do in modern culture because it was a give and take. It was a relationship. And we forget that. We've forgotten that. And it's so critical that we understand that dogs are our direct link to nature. If you live in a city, you may think, I don't know anything about nature. Well, that's not true. If you've got an animal, you're connected to nature. And it's if we can just take the time, pay attention to them and, and their gifts, uh, we're going to be better off as humans. I, I absolutely agree on that one. Uh, when I was reading the book, this phrase came up, this sort of like, do it girl, you can do it. It's all about encouragement. How important do you think it is to be positive when training dogs? Mm. It's, it's critical because uh, dogs are very sensitive to failure. Who is not sensitive to failure? And if you overuse the word no and there's overcorrection, your dog is going to be frustrated. They're going to be confused. You're going to be frustrated. And so that energy, they pick up on that stuff. I mean, they're, they're way more in tune to our emotions than we realize. So positive reinforcement is critical. And by my father wanted to always avoid using the word no. If he thought she was going to make a mistake, he would call her back. So um, he didn't have to use the word no. What we want is the word no to simply be a cue to stop what you're doing, not a command or aversive. Um, we, we have to really pour on the praise because that builds confidence. And when you have a confident dog, you got a happy dog. And that translates to our own lives. Definitely. I think where we look at our, our sort of community, where people have got a 
positive outlook and a positive mindset, they are without doubt more able to cope with the demands of training a working dog. And, you know, these dogs mostly will go and work out on estates. They will go work in situations where they have to be under control without a doubt. But they definitely right. see that you can do it in a way where it doesn't need to be harsh training. It doesn't need to be fear-based right. training. It can be training where That's right. you get the dog to work with you, not be scared so it works for you. That, that that's the ticket is working together you you just hit the nail on the head it's it's a it's a relationship it's a give and take and the more that your dog has confidence especially confidence in you they're going to respond to that boy dogs are they love that stuff so we've told a little bit about it but you know training is also about the bond with your dog isn't it what do you think the listeners can get from your book about Building strong bonds. You're going to be successful and have a better relationship if you're using positive reinforcement, if you're engaging with your dog. And what we found was using play. Um, a lot of people say, my dog doesn't like to play. Well, I have not met a dog yet that has not eventually liked to play. The running, the catching, the fetching, the chasing. I mean, you can play all kinds of games with your dog. And this is a, a critical bonding period that's so important between uh, the owner and the dog. Uh, you're going to, you're also giving them the opportunity to emit natural instincts that they don't always get to have. And the emission of these and expression of these instincts is so reinforcing to the dog. That's what's also going to continue your bond when you're working through play. So for those who people listening and they're like, oh, this book sounds interesting. I, I want to go get this book. Where do they find the book? Where can they purchase the book? And where do they find you? Well, I'm pillybianchi.com, uh, and also the book is on Amazon. In the U.S., it's at every major bookseller. Um, we're actually, like, number one in dog training and Amazon, on the Amazon charts right now, and we just released today. But it's, it's not just about training. You're going to learn uh, – you're going to learn some concepts that are going to be valuable – kind of with all your relationships. I kind of learned how to deal with my teenage son by learning through Chaser <laughs> and using some of those same concepts. So um, yes, you can find it on Amazon is probably the biggest one. You're in the UK, that would be the best choice. Yeah, I can definitely relate uh, with my teenage son. I think your dogs teach you to be calm and patient and and teenage sons tend to ask of us that calmness and that patience. <laughs> um, so I, I, I totally understand that. Is there anything else in the book that maybe we haven't touched upon that you just like the ladies or the community to know is in there? Gosh, you've really covered so many amazing points and uh, you've done it very succinctly, uh, which I greatly appreciate. Um, but the, I guess the biggest thing is that, um, you know, dogs want to learn. They want to communicate. They are literally lying in wait at our feet. And so they have so much to teach us uh, as human beings. And 
Um, I firmly believe if we don't kind of pick up what they're putting down and teaching us, especially at this moment in our lives, as far as like humanity and even just people working with dogs, um, we are kind of the lesser of the two species. You know, dogs are here and they're giving us a lot. And this is, this is our moment. This is their moment. I think you're, um, you know, you're, you're bang on the mark with that because for a lot of people as well, dogs have become, I, I don't like to use the term uh, child because, you know, I don't think that's fair on the dog, but they have become such important mm-hmm. parts of our family. And it, for many families where they've chosen or, or don't have children, the dog has sort of taken that place as being another member of the family. And, and that role is a critical role, isn't it? They, they provide love in a way that maybe that family wouldn't have it without them. That's right. That's absolutely true. And, and, and it's not unlike, you know, tw- 2000 years ago when we actually dogs were part of the family. They were part of the culture. They had jobs to do. You know, we in, in this day and age, a lot of times we're not letting them be dogs, you know, and that's what's been so remarkable about dogs is who they are as a species and how we work as a team. So, um, yeah, we. I want people to not only enrich their own lives with dogs, but enrich your dog's life. Fantastic. Well, thank you very, very much for giving us some time on your launch day. I know you must be incredibly busy today. Um, I've been going through the whole process of writing a book uh, that comes out for this year, and it's it's not easy. Oh, great! What a few down there. Is it? <laughs> For those of you who are listening and you're eager to dive deeper into Chase's story, please go along to Amazon.co.uk or if you're somewhere else in the world, check out Amazon first um, and then you can go from there. If you're in the USA or Canada, one of our listeners in those areas, bookstores as we've discussed. Thank you so much for your time, Pilly. Um, We do massively appreciate it. It's been a fantastic conversation. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And I hope when I'm on the other side of the pond, I get to meet you guys and see you do your thing. I would love that. We would love that too. Um, hopefully one day we'll get to your side of the pond. We do have oh, loads, yes. loads of our trainers are like, can we not go to the USA and do some training? <laughs> <laughs> come on, come on. Yeah, one one day we'll, we'll be big enough to come over and definitely spend time with you guys as well. Um. To our listeners, we hope you've enjoyed. We hope you go out and check out Chase's story, check out the book, because there is quite a lot to be learned from this in thinking a different way, to start moving your training forward, to look at different ways you can do things, and broaden your own perspective of, of what your dog can learn, because sometimes we think that the smallest amount is enough, when really our dogs could take on far more information them we give them credit for thank you well said thank you for being uh, a guest and we shall speak to you all next week thank you for listening to lwdg pod dog with joanne parrot founder of the ladies working dog group if you're interested in joining our supportive community and taking advantage of our group experts training and resources please visit our website at www.thelwdg.com Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review and we look forward to helping you and your four-legged friend thrive.
Until next time, keep training, keep learning, and keep working with your beloved gun dog. Thank you.